Hey, come on, everybody. Good morning. Welcome to Church Online. Come on, give a clap wherever you're at. I want you to clap just wherever you're at so people look around and go, what's going on? I'm watching Church Online. Man, we are officially moved into our new space, into Avenue Headquarters, and there are some very special people that helped us. Uh, people helped us move into our space, but let me give you some A-team love, all right? First picture I want to show you is my man, Ron. Ron came in and did all the electrical, uh, had, to had to help with outlets and all that stuff, so we don't burn the place down. So, Ron, thank you so much. So, let's give a hand clap for Ron and put in the comments, hit those emojis. My man, Vassal, right here, this man is my hero. So Vizel came in. He helped us move. He's put stuff together. He's put our stuff in storage. Vassal is incredible. And so give it up for Vassal. He's on Facebook as well. So good job, Vassal. And my man, Rick. Come on, Rick. Rick has come in. He has painted uh, both suites that we have, 190 and 200, taking care of it. And he has, he has done an, a phenomenal job. Matter of fact, let me show you real quick. Uh, I'm, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to break code. Is this okay, guys? Okay, I'm going to break code. Here I am. All right, all right. There's our team. And let's go and check out real quick quick the headquarters as we go outside look at this we're leaving our studio you can tell we're never outside see there's cars coming by there's 215 right there and look at this i want you to see this right here all right here is the ministry space this is where we're going to be doing small groups in person this is where we're going to do leadership nights uh we're going to do youth nights in here and so uh, we're really excited about this space even look at this guy here's rick right here here's rick Wreck, baby. All right. And so we got to get back, though, and we got to preach the message. I got a word for you today. And so, man, I just want to say thank you. Are we back? Here we go. Thank you guys so much. And, uh, man, we're pumped. And, guys, I am so excited because we have a guest speaker coming to Avenue Church, Carlos Whitaker. He is a author. He is a hope dealer. And so he's going to be speaking to our church, helping us kick off our next series, Enter while but also we're gonna have small groups and we already have so many small groups whether they're on zoom or they're in person but real quick if you're brand new with us today i just want to say welcome man welcome to avenue church and go ahead text me at 702-727-8280 just let me know you're here or you can comment today also avenue church will comment and maybe you hit like we have three ways to simply get connected with you but i want to jump in into our finale of our entire collection of talks called Together. But the title of my message today is Together Again. Together Again. And the reason why I love this title is because we are going to get together again. So one more big announcement. We're going to be in the amphitheater. We're going to have church in the amphitheater on September 19th. Come on. Let me see those emojis. Comment. We are getting together on September 19th at 7 p.m. at our Buffalo location. It's going to be fully outdoors. Uh, we ask everyone must wear a mask. We're going to have sanitizer stations. But hey, you got to RSVP online. We have limited seating, so go to avenuechurch.cc. Man, I'm excited. I'm pumped, so let me know you're excited as well. Now, the title of my message is Together Again, and in Romans chapter 12, we've been on this journey where Paul tells us, don't conform to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then last week, we learned all about gifts, but that we're not God's gift to the world, but that we have God's gift for the world. So make sure you check that out. But today is Romans chapter 12, verses 9 
through 13. So let's take a look at that real quick. And here's what it says. It says, love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Church right here. Uh, man, this immediately brought me back to my childhood. Where my mama was like, hate such a strong word. All right. Be like, I hate this food item. I hate broccoli. And my mom goes, don't say hate. Say dislike. Well, now I can say, Mama, Paul, the apostle, he says hate right here in the Bible. So therefore, I hate tomatoes. All right. Tomatoes are gross. All right. Unless they get baptized and, and they become ketchup. All right. Uh, I hate bad drivers. How many know we live in Las Vegas? There's a lot of bad drivers. I hate bad drivers. Now, I might get a little controversial on this one, but I hate LaCroix. All right, I think it's disgusting. Uh, you might as well sniff soap and drink salt water, all right? I mean, it's just disgusting. I hate LaCroix. I think if you had confirmation this week, if you drink LaCroix and plug your nose or something like that, and no. So comment today, what do you hate, all right? What do you hate? Here it says in verse 10, it says, be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above your selves above yourself never be lacking in zeal but keep your spiritual fervor serving the lord i love this but it says be joyful in hope patient in affliction and faithful in prayer in faithful in prayer share with me the lord's people who are in need and practice hospitality though there's so much more we're going to continue on and we're going to finish up romans chapter 12 See, I want to focus on verse 9 of this scripture. And it says, love must be sincere. Sincere means genuine. Sincere means authentic. Listen to me, church. You can't fake love because love pours out into your actions. You know, I'm married. I've been married for uh, over, you know, about 13 years, I think, right? And with marriage, I mean, I could say, hey, babe. I love you. I love you so much. But if I don't, if I never do anything with that love, like if I never take out the dishes or, 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 or you know, if I never do the dishes or take out the trash, uh, maybe that's a bad example. But if I never take her on a date or buy her a gift, listen to me, it's just fake love. Love must be real. Now, there's different translations of the scripture. So I want to read the message version. Check out what it says. The message version says, love from the center of who you are. Don't fake it. Don't fake it. Love from the center of who you are. I believe you can tell whether love's fake or whether love's real. Here's the next translation. I believe it's NLT. It says, don't pretend to love others. Really love them. I think we're on to something, especially in the year 2020. But here's the passage translation. Passage translation says, let the inner movement of your heart. I love this. Let the inner movement of your heart, my love for others, let it move me to always love one another and to never play a role of an actor wearing a mask. <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm aware of what's going on in Nevada, but this is not the mask that you got to wear outside and all that. But mask in the original word means hypocrite. Means hypocrite. I've heard it over and over. I've been in ministry uh, for 18 years. I've heard it over and over. Pastor, I don't want to go to church because the church is full of hypocrites. Guess what? They're right. They're correct. Without Jesus, we're all hypocrites. We're all just messed up people trying to become like Jesus. 
every single day. But you know what it also means? It also means the church is full of people who have a hard time loving others. I had a kind of a thought uh, this week, and I wrote it down. I'll put it on the screens. Loving others often contradicts loving ourselves. Loving others often contradicts loving ourselves. Because often we love ourselves too much that we don't give in to the desire to please others. That when we love ourselves too much, others take a back seat. You know, this, uh, this summer, man, we just had to get out. And uh, we went to Utah. We found a, you know, this, this plot of land out in the middle of nowhere. And we went camping. Now, listen to me, church. All right. I, I will speak kindly about camping. All right. I'll suck it up and all pure to have an interest in it. Uh, but would it ever become a passion in my life? No. All right. What is, why does anyone want to pretend to be homeless? All right. Like, I don't want to put a tent up and have to do all this stuff. I want to sit down at a restaurant because, listen to me, I don't love camping. I tolerate it. Anyone else here? All right. If, you, if you're a camp uh, uh, a professional, I need you in my life. But listen, we're not called to tolerate people. We're called to love people. Now, in a commentary this week, a, a particular theologian, he wrote down ways we pretend to love. I found this fascinating. Right here, he says, ways to pretend to love. We're speaking kindly. We're void hurting feelings. And we're appearing to take interest. These are things that we're saying with our mouth, but doesn't really reveal our heart. These are things we're saying with our mouth, doesn't really reveal our heart. So Romans chapter 12, verse 12, Paul begins to say this. He says, be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. He says, share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. And here's what Paul's saying. Paul says, guys, here's what sincere love is. Here's what authentic love is. He says it is helping others. It's giving them of our time, of our money, of our hard-earned money and personal involvement. It's being joyful. It's being patient. It's being faithful. You know, in the Bible, Jesus tells a story about the Good Samaritan. And the Good Samaritan, he decided to stop and help someone was not like him. He picked him up and gave him his time. He gave him his money. He paid for the hotel room. He paid for any expenses. And he devoted his time. He devoted several hours to someone who's in need. Here's a 2020 definition of the Good Samaritan. I believe as be a good person. Be a good person person. Now, here's what Paul continues to say. He said, love must be sincere, right? Hate what is evil, cling to good. But this is what he says. He says, be devoted to one another in love. I love this because the word devoted actually comes from the Greek word. And here's what the Greek word is. I'm not going to say it, all right? I've seen some pastors like, you're not like, no, I'm not going to do that. But here's what the Greek word is. If you're very first time, welcome to Avenue Church. I am the lead pastor, all right? Here's the Greek word, and so which translates devoted, suggests family affection. He says, be devoted to one another, which represents, which really means family affection. So if I was going to take Romans chapter 12, verse 10, it would be properly translated as this. With brotherly love, have family affection for one another. And to me, this changes 
the game. This changes the game. You have family love, I believe, that sometimes we're the hardest on family because we're familiar, we're comfortable. I don't got to be fake. I don't need to be kosher. But sometimes we also seem to forgive them the hardest because they're family. And so I almost want to change the title of my message today from Together Again to Together We're Family Again. With all that's going on in this world, we're family again. You know, I had an illustration I always use, you know, as a youth pastor, a youth pastor for over 10 years. And uh, I always told the students, anytime in the Bible, the Apostle Paul, he would say, you know, dear brothers and sisters, and I'd have our youth ministry read it. And then I would say, all right, turn your neighbor and say, you're my brother, you're my sister. And they turn their neighbor, you're my brother, you're my sister in Christ. And then I'd tell them, all right, you don't date your brothers or your sisters, you know, and they go, ah, like classic youth pastor move. Well, I told that to my son uh, just a couple of weeks ago. I said, we don't date brothers and sisters. Like, he'll never date again in his life ever. And he goes, but Adam dated Eve? I was like, no, no. He gave me the best answer out of any high schooler in over 10 years. But listen to me. I really feel this in my heart. I want to challenge you today. If you can't love someone like family, I believe there's a leak in your relationship with Jesus somewhere. If you can't love someone like family, there's got to be a leak in a relationship with Jesus somewhere. Listen to me, I leak. There are people in my life, I'm going, oh, they are EGR, extra grace required. Can I get an amen? Can I be real today? But here's why that statement makes sense to me. Because in Romans chapter 5, verse 5, it says this, and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts. Do you catch that? God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit has been given to us. Listen to me, church. You have the capacity to love people the way God loves people because God put his love into your hearts. Now, Romans chapter 12, Paul continues on to say this in verse 14. He says, bless those who persecute you. Bless, do not curse. Bless, do not curse. Listen to me. To bless means not to curse. Instead of hoping that the worst will happen to them, we hope the best will fall on them. And I've been really praying. This has been a year of overflow for my family, for our church. And we're praying for you. We're praying anyone who calls Avenue Church their home. We pray for family and friends. We pray for the overflow in their life. Well, 2020 happened, and I really feel this in my heart. Perhaps overflow will come to your life once you pray for overflow over their life. And I put their life because you know exactly who it is that you've been trying to curse instead of bless. I'm going to challenge you today. Love that person and begin to speak blessings over their life. Instead of praying blessings and the promise of overflow over their lives, we speak curses over their lives. We say it's an eye for an eye. I'm gonna get my I'm gonna get my way. I'm gonna get them back. But man, I love Romans chapter 12 because verse 17, Paul says this: don't repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it's possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Live at peace with everyone. Listen to me, church. You can't live in peace if you have unforgiveness 
in your hearts. I mean the type of forgiveness when you forgive somebody. I'm talking about the type of forgiveness is that when you see that person again, you're okay. You're not bitter. You're not angry. And maybe you're watching this today and you say, Pastor, why? Why do I have to forgive that person? You know what they did. You know the wrong they did. You know the offense they did in my life. Why? It's because I know that Jesus said to love them, which means to forgive them. If we love people, we forgive people. And here's what forgiveness does. A couple things. Number one, forgiveness breaks the cycle. Forgiveness breaks the cycle. Here at Avenue Church, we want you to know God so you can find freedom. I believe there's a vicious cycle that we've been going through bitterness and anger. Bitterness and anger, but forgiveness breaks the cycle. Number two, forgiveness impacts the other person. Now, if you see this, you might say, I don't, I don't think it's worth it because I want to hurt that person. I'll, I am upset with that person. But listen to me. When someone begins to love and to forgive someone who doesn't deserve it, it will impact their life forever. But number three, forgiveness releases the burden of bitterness. The burden, the bitterness that eats you up inside. The bitterness that, 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 that takes your mind every single second, every single minute of every single day. But listen to me, it'll release the burden even if they never repent, even if they never say, I'm sorry. But repaying evil with evil will hurt you in the long run. Listen to me, Avenue Church, you are better. You are not bitter in the mighty name of Jesus. You are better. You are not bitter. And so here's Paul in verse 21. I could preach that all day. Come on, somebody. But you are better and not bitter. But Paul 21, he says, don't overcome we don't overcome by evil, right? Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Overcome evil with good. Church, how do we, how do we come together again? We overcome evil with good. How do we win 2020? We overcome evil with good. I believe we have lost sight of that as a culture. And church, it's time to come together again. You know, I've, I've realized we've had many, many, many opportunities to disagree in 2020. But this type of disagreement this year is not about our personal preference, but it's about our core beliefs. And you know what Paul's doing in Romans chapter 12 for the entire book? He's addressing the Romans because during this time, they kicked out the Jews. They said we're completely in charge. And the local church was completely divided. So he's writing this letter to the Romans. He's doing all that he can to create unity again. Listen to me. Unity is all about loving one another like family. It's about loving those that can drive, right? Bad drivers or good drivers. LaCroix flavors, all right? Uh, uh, you know, in and out or Chick-fil-A, Republican or Democrat, social injustice, or social justice, masks, or no mask, open the church, or stay online. Church, can we really come together again? Can we really love each other again? You know, we learned last week that there are many members with one body, that this body is the local church. It's a place 
for us to come together, to pull together, to be together, and to worship a Savior who loves us just as we are, who died for us because we are together again. Yeah, I heard a statement of just a conversation that I had. And I said, you know, when we go back to church, I don't know if I could walk past that person who posted. I don't know if I could see him again in the hallway of the church. And all I could think about is, man, hate what's evil, but cling to what's good. Let's cling to people. Because listen to me, no one is good. Only God is good. And when I cling to God, I can't help but cling to his creation, to those that are fearfully and wonderfully made. You might be asking, why? Why, pastor? Why? Why do I have to forgive that person? How can I serve alongside of them? How can I see them again? First Peter chapter 4, verse 8, it says this. It says, above all, keep loving one another since love covers, and I want you to catch this word right here, a multitude of sins. Love covers a multitude of sins. But then James chapter 5, verse 1, it says, my brothers, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and someone brings them back, let them know that whoever brings back a sinner from his wandering will save his soul from death and will cover a multitude of sins. And here's what Jesus says in John 15. He says, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. He says, greater love has no one than this than for someone to lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. Listen to me, church. Jesus had every opportunity for bitterness and hatred, but instead he forgave. He laid his life down for you and for me. Listen to me, church. This goes so far beyond you and me, we have got to love others because Jesus loved us at our worst. Romans chapter 5, verse 8 says, But God demonstrates his own love for us in this while we were still sinners. Christ died for us. And that is why we forgive, because Jesus forgave us. That is why we love, because Jesus loved us. Maybe you're watching this today and you say, you know what, Pastor? I haven't been loving people. I haven't been loving people that are in my life, people on social media, friends, or family. I need to ask Jesus to forgive me, but I need to forgive them. That maybe there's somebody in your life that you need to forgive. But sometimes the greatest person that we need to forgive is ourselves. But maybe, maybe you're watching today and you're saying, Pastor, I don't know Jesus. Maybe you knew him at a long time ago, but you're saying, Pastor, I am ready to accept a loving Savior, a God who, who knows me, but I want to know God so I can find freedom, so I can discover my purpose, so I can make an eternal difference. If that's you watching with us today, I'd be so honored if you could pray a prayer with me. With every head bowed, every eye closed, wherever you're watching from, pray this prayer out loud with me. Say, Dear Jesus, Say, thank you for dying on the cross. Say, thank you for paying for what I did. Say, Jesus, forgive me. Forgive me of my sins and be Lord of my life. Say, the best way I know how 
I'm going to live for you. Say, I now know who I am. Say, I'm saved. I'm redeemed. I'm a child of God. Come on, everybody. Give God a shout wherever you're at. I want you to freak your household up. All right, if you're at Home Depot, shout because someone gave their life to Jesus today. And if that is you, go ahead and text me at 702-727-8280. Man, we'd be so honored to help you find your next steps because we want to celebrate with you. So church, I love you again. Small groups are happening. We got growth track happening right after the after party and Carlos Whitaker next week. And so I'm excited with all that God's doing. I'll see you guys again.